I didn't see you. <laughs> Hi guys, how are you guys doing? Um, welcome back to another episode of Gear Speaks. And if you didn't catch that reference of like, I didn't see you there, that's just weird, man. You're making this shit awkward, okay? <laughs> You're making this shit thoroughly awkward. How can you not know what that is? It's not like a specific movie or series or anything or video or music in my but like you know you you know you know what i did there please just see what i did there guys. just see what i did there okay uh guys we're reading again in this episode of gear speaks gear talks gear chatters gear rants gear reads gear researches gear sips the coffee gear you know does the things with the brains and the pointy little mind games and what what's Mind games, I know the AMs are definitely doing the things to the girl right now. I'm afraid to tell you which part of the AMs this is, and mind you, I haven't even slept yet, so it's not that AM, but it's that AM. <laughs> it's that one. Uh, I almost, I almost came up here with like, with like a plate of, a plate of, what do you call these things? What you call them, little shits? Uh. <laughs> Pancakes, pancakes. I was really craving pancakes, so I made some pancakes, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna have pancakes on the pod, you know." And then I was like, "Okay, okay, okay, okay." Like, yes, excitement, grand shop, excitement is fine. Excitement is good, but sis, how are you gonna turn a whole pod into a mukbang? That's that doesn't make any damn sense. That's that sounds disgust, disgusting. So I was like, "Yeah, no, bad choice is a bad idea." So. Uh, I'm practically done with them, but there's still this one that's like staring at me and I don't want to have it because it's like so goddamn sweet. But like, ooh, like what would really, really make it go down well? Ice cream. Oh, yes, vanilla ice cream. But anyway, I've also got the usual suspect cup of coffee. Cup of coffee is here as well. And I really felt like reading. I felt like reading and... I don't want to leave you guys behind on the Spiritual Enlightenment by Jed McKenna. Spiritual Enlightenment, The Damnest Thing by Jed McKenna. And I was like, okay, fine. Well, we didn't finish the chapter last time, so might as well finish it off. And yeah, we do it together because I have decided to take you guys on my freaking back and read with y'all. <laughs> I'm low-key like, you know what, can I just read without having to like do the absolute most? But I'm also realizing, like I said in the last in the last episode, that it's way better when I read it out loud and I actually think it through than silent reading. Because silent reading, you read it in pa- you read it in passing and then you you just go, you just let go of it. You hold on to it, you let go of it, you only hold on to parts that like rang incredibly significant to you for some reason and everything else just fades away but now i feel like the way i've been doing it with you guys by reading it out loud and like dissecting it is definitely helping the most of its stake and the i feel like the understanding of it is a little bit more wholesome instead of me trying to figure out wholesome holistic wholesome holistic i think it's around about the same thing around about the same vibe so not entirely the wrong word but it's more holistic my understanding of it is more holistic than just remembering parts of it or like underlining stuff and like that kind of thing so uh we didn't finish 
Jacob's coffee. We didn't finish. Oh, this this Jacob's tastes nice today, actually. Like usually, Jacob's tastes really strong. It tastes really aggressive. But today, hmm, hmm, <laughs> hmm, it's really good. Um, but moving swiftly along, we are reading. So I'm gonna like read the last paragraph that I read. Uh, guys, oh my god, oh my gosh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? My voice is perfectly fine now. Oh, thank you, Jehovah Marena Mudimu. Thank you so, like, Lord Jesus, you know, you my boy, like, this is why we're mates, you know. <laughs> this is why we're mates. Because now my voice is back in order and I'm so happy that I don't have to be like gunning your kids down, bro. But anyway, um, like I said, we're moving ever so swiftly along. Uh, reading the last paragraph that I was reading last time. <clears throat> Since my voice is now back in order. Anyway, uh, yes, Martin, it is exactly. That's the point. It couldn't be more exact. How is it possible that after 30 years, the only case of an enlightenment is the one that started the whole thing? I know he's a big deal, Martin. I know the teachings. I know the breadth and the scope of this guy. I agree that he's an elevated being, whatever that means. If I were in his presence, I would fall to my knees and touch his lotus-strewn feet. He's great, I know it, but we're not talking about someone else. We're talking about you. We're talking about... We're talking about you doing what? What do you call it? Breaking free from bondage? I don't see anyone in this guy's organization breaking free from bondage, Martin, do you? I wait. Nothing. Can you offer an opinion as to why that might be? Martin is silent. He is clearly battling a lot of internal stuff. He looks at me to see what's coming next. Martin, I think you might consider the possibility that there's a serious flaw in that organization. Something near the core. I like how he's not saying, I like how he said, he said something near the core, not something at the core of this this organization, no, something near the core. (laughs) Uh, Do you think it's unreasonable of me to say that? No reaction. Do you think it's at least reasonable to ask, to at least consider the possibility? He nods almost imperceptibly. My own awakening ran its course in less than two years, Martin, and that's without any living teacher to help me. Wait, this nigga said two years? Um, huh? 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 I'm so confused. I've got that, like, squinty face on my face. Like, where they do that at? Two years? side eye heavy and that's without any living teacher to help me i've never heard of the process taking longer than that i really don't see how the process could take much longer than that when i say this i don't mean that it only takes two years from that first spark of spiritual longing i mean two years after the point when the process of awakening actually begins the primary epiphany the first the first step Let's capitalize on that, the first step. I know that many people spend years in meditation and spiritual practice without achieving full awakening. And I know that they think it's because they haven't crossed the finish line yet, but it's actually because they haven't crossed the starting line yet, the first step. I continue. 
It's a process and it takes a certain amount of time, about the same time as the gestation period for a baby elephant. Martin is too polite to ask the obvious question. How many cases of enlightenment could I take credit for? The answer is an average of one or two a year since I began teaching. A dozen or so total. Okay, Manz has got stats. Manz has got stats. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> I can't really take credit for them, of course, but it was to me that the universe guided them at critical stages in their journeys. A couple of them are trying their hands at writing or speaking now, but most are just getting the hang of it. I can see two students in the pipeline at the moment who are going to make it, who've taken the first step. Once the first step is taken, the rest of the journey is sure to follow, unless you die or sustain a massive head wound. <laughs> I suppose that would like bridge you of your memories and shit like that, or like, I don't know, a massive head wound. Well, yeah, definitely. Oh my god, that's not funny. Oh my god, that is so morbid. Ew. Anyway. Martin. Yes. Would you agree that there might be a flaw in a teaching that doesn't produce any graduates? He hesitates, then nods. If so, it would be a pretty serious flaw, huh? He nods. I nod. Well, that's an interesting possibility. Maybe you could think about it a bit and let me know what you come, with, what you come up with, okay? He nods. Martin? He nods. I already know the answer. This is for you, okay? He nods. Allegiance to any spiritual teaching or teacher, any outside authority, is the tr- is the most treacherous beast in the jungle. <gasps> and uh, ooh. what? Okay, tea. Okay, hot facts. That is a very oh no. That is facts. That is tea. I would underline that if this wasn't a PDF. See why I need see why i need freaking hard copies but anyway moving on he said and i repeat and i think it's very important (laughs) that i repeat allegiance to any spiritual teaching or teacher any outside authority is the most treacherous beast in the jungle that is what he said i honestly cannot even like see anything wrong with that at all because that is like it's more likely to sway you in a direction that you think you should be going instead of going in a direction that you really should be going and these two directions might be at complete odds with each other but because your spiritual teacher and your teachings have been saying you must do this this and that and see things like this this and that you're more likely to like want to fall in line with those teachings rather than finding yourself there naturally or finding yourself in a part in a different direction that you as an individual are supposed to go in naturally because i mean really like people say like some people that i've come across that don't really that aren't really christians but they do read the bible they say like the bible gives good advice which i can't really disagree with the bible gives good advice and that's just like a guide really it should like any spiritual teaching or teacher should be like not even a guide a guide is a bit too stern in wanting to nudge you to think in a particular way in a particular direction like 
reference <laughs> can i say reference like you need to do your own thing you can't plagiarize but referencing would be very useful so yeah i think that's like the best way i can explain it right now is like referencing yeah that is a very very strong very strong quote but moving on he says the first thing we want to do when we begin our journey is find the companionship and validity that comes with an established group and in so doing we effectively end the journey before it begins martin is a perfect example of it and perfectly typical he set out 20 years ago in search of something higher and now he's forced to confront the fact that all that effort and all that heart he's poured into his search for all those years has not carried him a single step forward 20 years he's been digging himself into a hole and now he has to climb out and begin the journey he'll almost certainly which he'll almost certainly not do The power of our devotion to teachers and teachings is not a reflection of their value but of ego's will to survive. It's ego, the false self that exalts the guru and declares the teachings sacred, but nothing is exalted or sacred, only true or not true. Anyone familiar with the process of deprogramming someone who has been brainwashed by a cult will be able to appreciate what's really involved in breaking free of this kind of allegiance. But there's really only one cult, the cult of the false self, and everyone is fanat is a fanatically devoted member. <laughs> a fanatically devoted member. Awakening is the process of deprogramming. Enlightenment is the unprogrammed state. I explain all of this in gentle terms to Martin, appealing to his mind, his reason, and watching his dis- discomfort as heart and mind struggle against each other. In my preferred version of the Maha Mahabharata Krishna and Arjuna are discussing the war that is soon to begin. Arjuna asks if the war will take place on the battlefield or in his heart. I do not see the real difference, replies Krishna. That's a very interesting one. I don't know if I want to go read that book though. The Maharabata? Yeah. Yeah, that book. I don't know if I want to go read that. I mean, it sounds like well to to really I don't know, man. It kind of sounds like classical type literature that people would read when they're starting off on these things, but that would be counterintuitive to go and want to read it now. <laughs> Very counterintuitive after what I've just been reading. This man has been saying that would be very counterintuitive. So I don't think I'm gonna go look for that. Um, <clears throat> but essentially, saying that the the war. the struggle the journey to enlightenment is oh man how do i even say this arjuna asks if the war asks if the war will take place on the battlefield or in his heart krishna basically says there is no difference ooh i must turn that one over a little bit more um but i will carry on reading for now
after I took a sip of that coffee. Um, I don't want Martin to think I'm picking on his group and his guru in particularly. In particular. In particularly? Really? Anyway, in particular. I don't see any reason to distinguish between one and the other. There are, there are any number of reasons why a spiritual organization might not be pumping out the enlightened in droves. Not all of them ready readily visible one very good reason is that unbeknownst even to themselves the members of any spiritual organization may be quite satisfied to simply pursue enlightenment dedicating one's life to a lofty to lofty spiritual ideas is every bit as life-defining and purpose-giving as the quest for heaven or power or money or love just because there's a flashing neon sign above the door that says free enlightenment the shortest and easiest way the one true path doesn't mean that what goes on inside is really about enlightenment or that the people who really go in really want it quite the opposite that's a very <laughs> you know what that's that 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 kind of analogy triggers me because i've been saying it for the longest time like guys couldn't we just have been brought onto this planet with like a fucking guide like an individual guide that everybody has like okay fine this is who you are this is the kind of person you are and this is what you are going to achieve and this is how you're gonna do it and at age one this is what you're gonna do at age two this is what you're gonna do at age three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen like you know like just explain everything so i don't have to freaking do this and like question if i'm doing the wrong things or the right things like this is so tiring honestly this living thing is really tiring but like oh it's so tiring (laughs) it's so tiring so like imagine there's an okay i would hope that it is really and truly about enlightenment that neon sign above the door that says free enlightenment the shortest and easiest way and the one true path i really would have really really appreciated that farakot i really would have appreciated it but it's fine i guess you know what it's god's plan but i'm not happy but it's god's plan um quite the opposite in nearly all cases the enlightenment being bought and sold is not truth realization at all but a state of consciousness so crazy as wonderful that you'd have to be an idiot not to want it so insidiously wonderful in fact that its radiance has blinded untold millions of seekers to the fact that it doesn't exist so maybe martin's former organization is more into the talk than the walk but i don't believe that they're perpetrating any sort of international fraud i think they're just convinced as those they convince in these in those cases it's not likely to be anything sinister so much as an organization behaving like an organism that seeks to survive adapt and grow maybe the organism seeks liberation for all beings at all beings or world peace or the expansion of its own doctrine or simply its own exaltation and empowerment maybe the enlightened guy at the top just wants to get laid or maybe he lost control of the organization to the unenlightened guys below 
Or maybe the unenlightened, the enlightened guy at the top isn't enlightened at all, but something else. Something truly wonderful, perhaps, but not awake, not truth realized. Or hey, who knows, maybe Martin's former group will reach their critical mass and they'll all burst into permanent, super happy consciousness together. Boy, will I have an egg on my face when I'm knocking on their door asking if it's too late to sign up. The point is that there's really no point in trying to figure out all the possible reasons why seekers don't find. It's just another distraction and there's no shortage of those. The point is to wake up, not to earn a PhD in waking up. Simply put, as Sarah summarized, waking up is a job done. And then, if you still want to liberate all beings or promote world peace or save the whales, great. Lucky beings, lucky world, lucky whales. At the bottom line, but the bottom line remains the same. You're either awake or you're not. And that is the end of the chapter. You're either woke or nah so that is a very interesting explanation i mean i feel like it's very self-explanatory i don't think there was anything that hit me to the core where i had to or anything that shook me or like confused me to the point of like wanting to really break it down so i think it was very self-explanatory at the end of that very very straightforward very very simple to understand which i really appreciate and i appreciate the humor as well actually this nigga low-key funny this nigga low-key funny though uh but moving swiftly along this is the fourth chapter and it's called placid and self-contained placid kind of what does placid mean i forgot what placid means i think placid means like Placid is like unmoving, like unchanging. Um, what is placid? Let's see what the dictionary says. Let's see what my dictionary says. Our trusty dictionary that is giving me problems right now. There you go, sis. Okay, now we look for placid. What is the definition of the word placid? Um, okay, this is interesting. The 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 um, um <laughs> ah, what is this? Synonyms. Yes, the synonym is tranquil, still. I'm seeing in. I'm seeing calm, easygoing, uh, repose serenity um okay the placid placidity or placidness is a feeling of calmness a quiet and undisturbed feeling and if you were to say that about a body of water is that it is free from disturbance or heavy waves um if you were to say that about a person it would be not easily irritated um or living without undue worry taking life easily so i wasn't entirely correct about placid at all i was actually completely wrong all right placid and self-contained hmm okay this is also another poetic kind oh this is i think it is an actual poem by another one by walt whitman in this book i think this is the second walt whitman one in this book uh if I'm gonna I'm be checking for the kid Walt, but let's just read it. 
I think I could turn and live with animals. They are so placid and self-contained. I stand and look for look at them long and long. They do not swear and whine about their condition. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick discussing the, their duty to God. No one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one kneels to another, nor his kind that lived thousands of years ago. No, not one is respectable or unhappy over the whole earth. <laughs> This reminds me of another thing I've been saying for like years and years is that like how cool would it be if I was to be born an animal that didn't have these social constructs that are so complicated because I would assume animals do have um I would assume or maybe I'm using the wrong term by saying social constructs but like maybe animals don't I mean as I was about to say, maybe animals don't have like a really organized way about living, but they do. They do have, they are very habitual things, really. They do certain things at a certain specific time, but they don't need clocks to know when that time is. They just like do it like, you know, it's like hard set into their systems, into their, their what-whats to like know when to do what. Um, so that's, I don't know if I should say they're not. Because, I mean, I think that qualifies as being organized in some sense. But, like, the order is not debated. The order is not questioned. The order is not turned on its head every now and then. I mean, it's one way. It's the constant way. It's the right way. And that's that. I feel like the the, the simplicity of that is so alluring sometimes. I really crave that sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, on to chapter five. Heaven. Okay, Jed McKenna clearly really likes Walt Whitman. Chapter five starts with a lo- another little poem called Done. Another one, a third one by Walt Whitman in this book. Um, let me read it. It says, Long enough have you dreamed contrem- contemptible dreams? Now I wash the gum from your eyes. You must have it yourself to the dazzle of the light and every moment of your life. Long have you timidly waded, holding a plank by the shore. Now I will you to be a bold swimmer. Now I will you to be a bold swimmer. To jump off in the midst of the sea. Excuse me. Rise again, not to me, shout and laughingly dash with your hair. I am the teacher of athletes. He that by me spreads a wider breast than my own, proves the width of my own. He most honors my style who learn under it to destroy the teacher. Um, I don't understand that one. I don't get it. Long enough have you dreamed contemptible dreams. Now I wash the gum from your eyes. You must have it yourself to the dazzle of the light and every moment of your life. Hmm. I would assume it's about taking up space 
and putting yourself first because i mean dazzle of the light is basically what i'm imagining to be like a spotlight now you must habit yourself to the spotlight meaning you must constantly put yourself in the spotlight after he's washed the gum from your eyes of course um habit yourself in the spotlight and every moment of your life i would me i would think that that means to be very mindful put yourself first and be mindful I mean obviously not as straightforward as that but like wow I never thought I would ever see the day where the (laughs) where my thoughts are more intricate and nuanced than the words that I can that I can muster to actually explain this thought but like I can see it in my head I can see it but like I can't articulate it as properly as I would like to Is there enough words in the English in the English language? This is probably the point where I need to learn gang and have a massive Setswana vocab so I can like use both because I don't know if there's enough words to explain that that I can grasp onto right now. But anyway. Uh, long have you timidly waited holding a plank by the shore? Now I will you to be a bold swimmer, to jump off in the midst of the sea, rise again, not to me shout, and laughingly dash with your hair. Basically saying that you've been waiting. You've been waiting by the shore. And now you have to swim. You have to, you've been watching life. You've been watching life and now you have to partake in it. You have to boldly partake in it. You have to take up space. You have to jump into the sea. You have to rise up out of the sea again and shout and laugh and be bold about your your participation in this life thing. That's that's what I'm getting from that right now. Okay. I am the teacher of athletes. That he by me spreads a wider breast than my own, proves the width of my own. He most honors my style who learns under it to destroy the teacher. This reminds me of something I've been, I've heard a few times where basically the teacher must teach the the student in such a way that the student will eventually surpass the teacher. Apparently that's like a good, that's a good measure of, that's a measure of a good teacher is when the student basically surpasses the teacher so that's a very interesting one but now okay fine we understand what the things mean the stanzas mean separately what does it mean as a whole so basically i've heard why am i am i really serious (laughs) now i sound like i'm a liar when i when i when i was saying the last episode like listen I don't dissect poems. I don't do these shit. I don't do this white ass shit. I don't get it. Now, but listen, I might be wrong, okay? You might be getting a completely different thing from it. If anything, let me know what y'all think about this one. Um, if you have the book on hand, it's on page 27. It's under chapter 5. It's called Done. Um, maybe I'll even go post a picture of it on the gram, on the greasy, and on the gram I am at kia.speaks underscore, 
at kia.speaks underscore so i'll go post a picture of it up there and like let's see well let's see what we can collectively come up with i know y'all niggas are not even gonna fucking respond and yes i'm getting fucking aggressive because y'all don't fucking listen okay you do listen you just choose not to listen to my call to action which is fine i'm not about to like try and force you into doing things (laughs) even though i sounded like i might have i might have wanted to like square up five seconds ago never mind that i'm not a bully i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm sure that shocked a few of you i'm so sorry i didn't mean it you know i didn't mean it you know just cancer season yeah it's cancer season i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i'm in my feels anyway on to chapter five the most recent visitor to the house to accomplish full awakening was paul for the last two weeks he was here i didn't speak to him at all i only saw him occasionally as he went off for walks or while he sat on one of the garden benches amid the blowing snow paul a crazy ass motherfucker but anyway that doesn't mean that's all he did that's just all i know about i don't go down and hang out with our guests as much and i'm sure that far goes into that far more goes on that far more goes on in this house that i'll never ever know about i would guess however that paul wasn't doing a lot of socializing during this period it was winter when he told me a crisp night but not frigid fresh snow on the ground one of those nights that all the stars came out for a crystalline vision that awed the wind to stillness a night so clear and silent that it felt staged a perfect winter evening like we see here maybe once or twice a year that's why i was out walking and that's why i was out walking in it at a crossroad a couple of miles from the house paul joined me i was pleased to his to see him i'm always pleased to see anyone when they get where i believed paul was at that point he joined me silently and we walked on it was 10 minutes before he spoke i'm done i smiled as warmth poured through my heart Warmed by the memory of the day, I came to the same startling and improbable conclusion for myself, and the warm for the times that I had heard it from others, warm knowing the journey one takes to arrive at such a place, and warm knowing what lies ahead. That's how it is when you get here. No bells and no whistles, no radiant backlighting, no choirs of angels. As Layman Pang put it, you're just an ordinary fellow who just completed his work. I have more I have no more questions, Paul said. He didn't just mean he had no more questions for me. He meant he had no more questions. Period. That's how it is when you get to the end. You're just done. Was what he wasn't saying though, he could have. What Oh my god, let me start that again. What he wasn't saying though, he could have was that he now knew all there was to know everything he had arrived at the end of at the end of knowledge and now possessed the only perfect knowledge he wasn't saying it because it's too big to say but i think he knew he was thinking of it because it was true and it's too big not to think we continued walking the moon was three quarters full and lent a radiant sheen to the fresh snow spread like a satin sheet cover over a slumbering earth. 
Paul didn't say anything else until we got back to the house. It occurred to me that he had probably been done for a few weeks and had spent the time getting accustomed to this new and unexpected state. That's how it is at the end. Even if you've been told a thousand times that there's a there's an end there's an even though you've been told a thousand times that there's an end to knowledge, to seeking, you're stunned and perplexed when you reach it. Excuse me? No, 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 question. So there's an end to knowledge. There's an end. There's really an end. Yeah, this one might be questionable, right? Jed. I'm fine. I don't know about this one. (laughs) I don't know about this one, bro, but... Anyway... You've spent a few years fighting battle after battle, each more grueling than the one before, and never, never with any expectation whatsoever that you'll really ever emerge victorious in this life. And then one day, there it is. Nothing. No more enemies, no more battles. The sword that seems welded to your hand can now be dropped once your fingers can be pried from it. There's nothing left to contend against and nothing left that must be done. And there will never be anything that must be done ever again. Ever then, it's very, even then, it's very possible that you don't know what you are or where you are. It's just over and nothing comes along to replace it. In novels, you see freshly converted vampires wondering what their new status entails. (laughs) What? What kind of an analogy is that? He just... He just made a vampire analogy. Wow. Anyway, am I a vampire or just nuts? What's the deal with garlic and crucifixes and sunlight and coffins? Am I immortal? How do I verify it? What's true and what's myth? It can't be like, it can be like that. I've heard that the Zen guys says it takes 10 years to get the hang of it. And for them, that means 10 years in the most conductive, conducive, imaginable environment. A Zen monastery where it's all enlightenment, 24-7-365. Imagine on the other hand spending that adjustment period in the midst of a society that devalues spirituality and even in which even and in which even the spiritual experts are unwitting masters of disinformation. That can be damned that can be a damned peculiar ten years. And what comes after? Well, as I understand from practitioners of Jana Yoga who have spoken to me about it, my apologies to them and anyone else whose teachers I'm dis- teachings I'm distorting in this book, one emerges from that 10-year period of assimilating as a Jani, one who knows. That's what I am, I suppose, but the process of reduction that brought me from Anjani to Njani is not over. By the way, this is spelled J-N-A-N-I. J-N-A-N-I? How would you pronounce that? Even if it takes a conscious effort to maintain my false self, my dream character, to animate it, to keep it running. And this trajectory I'm on will take me as close to non-existence as anyone can get and still have a body. In other words, I will continue to channel progressively less and less energy into my dream state being. My teaching will reduce down to its most refined and least tolerant form. My interest will withdraw from the world and I will become as minimal as a person can be. Whether or not 
Jana Yoga or Zen Buddhism or any other system confirms this process is moot because I can confirm it myself directly. I don't defer to teachers or teachings. I see myself receding in this manner. Writing this book has accelerated the process, but this is where the road has always led. When Krishna finished what he had come to do, he entered a forest and just kept walking until he collapsed from fatigue. A passing, hunt, a passing hunter mistook his feet for the ears of a deer and killed him with a single arrow. That walk might be viewed as the progressive withdrawal of energy. So maybe when my time comes, I'll just walk off into the tall corn until I drop from, from fatigue and have my feet mistaken for ripe ears of corn by a passing John Deere harvester. That is not even funny, man. Nuh-uh, that's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's morbid. My nose is getting blocked again. I am so sorry. Uh, I don't defer to teachings, teachers or teachings. Wow, that sounds like I'm already pretty intolerant. So maybe it's something I should expand on a bit. Here's the deal. I'm fully enlightened, fully truth realized. I'm here, live, on the scene, and I have chosen to describe it as I see it. I don't defer. I don't rely. If what I describe conflicts with the 10,000 other reports, no matter how revered those reports and those who file them may be, may be, then to me, those reports are nothing more than fable and folklore and should be consigned to the dust heap of history. The simple fact is that I am here and here doesn't look all that much like anyone says it does and I'm not going to waste my time or anyone else's pretending otherwise. That's a very interesting statement. It should be noted that hair isn't mist enshrouded or poorly lit. It's neither mysterious or mystical. My knowledge is unflawed and my vision is unobstructed. This is a tricky point to make, but a critical one. I am not interpreting, I am not translating. I am not handing something down that was handed down to me. I'm here now telling you what I see in the most straightforward possible terms. If that sounds harsh, then get used to it. This is a harsh business. I'm not writing a book to make money or gain followers or to be popular. I'm writing it to get it out of my system. The message isn't that you should believe me or you should believe me about what it's like here, but you can come see for yourself. And then another little poem by Walt Whitman, uh, literally one stanza, uh, it goes, You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the spectres in books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself okay that clearly relates to what he was saying about being in the here and the now and coming to see for yourself um carrying on with the chapter returning to paul's transition the analogy of a caterpillar chrysalis's butterfly transformation is also apt we must rely heavily on analogies the tower that can be told is not the eternal tower and all that Okay, I've heard of Tao as in T-A-O and Taoism, but I don't really know why he's using that like a regular word. Okay, I guess it is a regular word. Apparently Tao 
is the ultimate principle of the universe wow i am so glad to have actually learned that word i'm very very happy tao t-a-o is the ultimate principle of the universe and then there is a religion called taoism which is a religion adhering to the teaching of lao tzu which is l-a-o-t-z-o a chinese um religion um okay more into taoism it's a chinese sect claiming to follow the chi- the teachings of lao tzu but incorporating pantheism and sorcery in addition to taoism that's very interesting pantheism if i'm not mistaken a pan like a pantheon is basically like a group of gods or so pantheon Yes, all the gods of a religion being plural. Um, But then it's physical as well. It's an antiquity, which is a temple to all the gods or a monument commemorating a nation's dead heroes. But that's not in relation to the subject of right now today. So that's very interesting. A Tao is the principle, principle law of the universe. I'm very happy to know that word actually I've been looking for like that word instead of saying like the law of the universe basically and one thing that I've been definitely feeling like is the law of the universe that we all I'm sure know is the whole you repeat what you don't learn you repeat the lessons you don't learn basically that they will come and they will show up in different ways but they will basically all have the same the same lesson the same purpose the same fundamental essence about them even though they're at a different time that are slightly different elements but they still require you to do the same thing principally so that's that's a tau that's very interesting anyway unlike the newly emerged butterfly however excuse me uh the freshly enlightened have no primal instinct to inform and guide them when i myself went through this experience i knew it was immense i knew it was uncommon in the extreme i knew it was the supreme accomplishment beside which all others paled to insignificance i could look at or listen to any person and know instantly that they hadn't been through it and yet I wasn't to know for years that it was enlightenment. Damn peculiar. When I finally put it together, it was a very comforting, albeit mind-boggling, earth-shaking, paradigm-shifting realization. I had spent years as a closer butterfly moping around with caterpillars, caterpillars and dreaming highly fictionalized dreams of becoming a butterfly. I knew that I was distinctly different from the caterpillars. I knew that an uncrossable chasm separated us, that I wasn't one of them anymore, that they weren't like me nor I like them. I knew I was able to communicate with them only in the most superficial sense, based on my rapidly fading memories of their language and habits. What it took me a while to understand though, was that the reason I wasn't one of them anymore was because I was something else and that the and that the difference was absolute i had earned admission to a whole new reality but i hadn't yet passed into it because no one explained explained to me that this is the new order of being i had become 
this new order of being ahead become was what caterpillars meant when they said butterfly. After all, who is there to explain such a thing to someone who doesn't even know enough to ask? Damn peculiar. How was such a state of ignorance and confusion even possible? Simply put, caterpillars are egregi. Oh my god. The pods are going to be done with this word. What is this fucking word? I have never seen this word in my life. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) I'm doing such a five thing right now. I am embarrassed. I'm sure none of y'all have even fucking heard of this this word either. So y'all ain't no better than me. But maybe you are and that's fine. That is fine. I'll have to be okay with it. Apparently, this this word means crying, means flagrant, means glaring, gross, or rank. No, those are the synonyms of it. And it means conspicuously, conspicuously, and outrageously bad or reprehensible. Oh my god. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Fine. Grenshaw, that's the meaning. Now, how do we pronounce this word how do we pronounce it let's see if the dictionary crying egregious flagrant oh. glaring gross rank definitions conspicuously and outrageously oh. bad or reprehensible example egregious. a crying shame an egregious lie flagrant violation of human rights a glaring error gross ineptitude gross injustice rank treachery egregious ah oh, honeys a new a whole new fucking word egregious the fuck oh my god i'm mind blown if it's not obvious enough um caterpillars are egregiously misinformed on the subject of butterflies just as we see in the novels and films that humans are egregiously misinformed on the subject of vampires and who's to correct them Vampires don't hang out with humans. Vampires don't return to educate humans, don't mingle with humans, don't care one way or another what humans think. Why should they? They're different beings of an entirely different order with the most superficial similarity to the order of beings to which they once belonged. And that's very much what the enlightenment thing is like. Instead of vampires and butterflies, just imagine being the only adult in a world of children. Really. Imagine how you develop over the years. Imagine how your feelings about children might change. Imagine the person you'd become. Damn peculiar. How how many people actually get this far? How many people are really enlightened? Many claim it, but how many actually are it? I have no idea, but I would guess very few. Some of those in a position to speculate have estimated that 1 in 10,000 take to the idea and 1 in 10,000 of those actually make it, meaning 1 in 100 million. Thinking worldwide and time-wide, I'd agree that it's only, it is in that range, that there are a few dozen truth-realized beings alive on earth at any time. And how many of those few dozen, like myself, make an effort to assist others, make themselves known? Less. That's a... (laughs) Just by the way, you need to stop saying you're woke. Yes, you. You heard me. You need to stop calling yourself woke. Because you're not woke. (laughs) You're not woke. 
Jed is attacking you. It wasn't me. Jed is attacking you. I didn't say that. Um, that's quite understandable, really. Once you get to the po- once you get past the notion that duality by any name is bad and that unity by any name is good, you also get past any need to help or save anyone. I, for instance, don't do what I do because I think it needs doing. I move to it by no ethical or altruistic motive. I don't think something is wrong and that I have to make it right. I don't do it to ease suffering or to liberate beings. Basically saying, fuck you niggas. I don't give a shit about you niggas. But anyway, not really. But I do it simply because I'm so inclined. I have built I have a built-in urge to express what I find interesting and the only thing I find interesting is the great journey that culminates in abiding non-dual awareness. I heard that Maharashi Mahesh Yogi was very happy with his reclusive life in the foothills of the Himalaya and may never have rejoined society but that he began hearing the name of an Indian city in his head. It simply appeared unbidden in his thoughts. When he finally mentioned it to someone, they advised that the only way to get the name, the only way to get the name of the town out of his head was to go there. He did, got swept into a speaking engagement, and the whole transcendent, transcendental meditation movement grew out of it. That makes sense to me. You observe events and you allow the flow of things to do the staying and you go where you go. So here I am, knowing something that other people want to know. And in this particular instance, being in the right place to say some things that will simplify life for Paul at this point in his journey. There isn't much precedent for a person to stop being one kind of being and start being another. And no one is ever prepared for coming into it. It may be absurd to speak of it, but it's far more absurd to live it. If all of this sounds exceedingly strange, let me assure you it is. Oh, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you so much, Jed. I feel better with your assurance. Anyway, I feel so much better. Um, I assure you it is. And it is something I prefer not to let others struggle with when I see them freshly emerged from their two years. Give a take of soul-wrenching conflict. So, as Paul and I stood in front of the house, in front of the house and that glorious crystalline night, I was pleased to say to him, Welcome. Sips coffee. We went the ne- we spent the next hour discussing weird things like vampires and butterflies and solitude and the next day and the next decade. You get the gate you get the gateless gate thing now, I asked. Oh, he said as comprehension dawned on him. Ha, he laughed, which is all of, which is about all you can do. I didn't say anything. I wasn't teaching now. I wasn't trying to draw him out or guide him towards certain realizations. He's already done it all. I was no longer Paul's teacher. He had destroyed me as his teacher. In a very true sense, he knew every bit as much as I did. Enlightenment isn't like graduating high school only to start college or even finishing college only to enter the real world. It's the final graduation. No more hunt, no more chase, no more battle. Now you can go out into the world and do whatever you want. 
learn guitar, jump out of airplanes, write books, tend grapes, whatever. Our teacher-student relationship was over. This conversation was just one guy who had been around for a while showing the new guy the the ropes. And that is the end of chapter 5. Um, I feel like there wasn't as much dissecting to do in those past chapters. I read three, the rest of three, four, and basically five. Um, I feel like those were very story-laden. And even story-laden in a sense where... How are you gonna go explain Paul's story and Martin's story? I mean, really, I dissected where, where I needed to do, which was the poems and, this, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think that was a nice read. I enjoyed it. A little bit easier than the last one. The last, uh, the last two times I was reading. A lot less intensive, but still enjoyable nonetheless. Still enjoyable nonetheless. Um, thank you guys so much for listening again. Thank you guys so much for showing up and dissecting with me the spiritual enlightenment, the damnest thing by Jed McKenna. Do get it. I mean, listen, you're technically reading the book with me. So now you're in like a forced book club. I've always wanted to be in a book club. So now you're in. Yes, you're in. Yes, yes, you're in. You can't back out now. (laughs) You can't back out now. Um, yes, I was being creepy on purpose. You can't back out now. Um, one one more time. One more time for the culture, for the kids, for for the earth, for the sky. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you guys listening. And I will catch you on another episode, on another segment of reading again. And I hope you enjoy your day. I hope you you have a good a good day a good time doing what you're about to go do and if you know you're not gonna have a good time try and change the way you're thinking about thinking about it honestly cliche as it is try it out um obviously contextually it would depend on what freaking situation you're not about to enjoy obviously but like anyway no i'm ranting (laughs) there's the gear rants we all know and love Thank you guys for listening and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.